ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, The Truth Behind Gender Selection, Part 2. Remember to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Are you acting on your best behavior yet? Yes, I am. More on part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? Hey, once again, Ben, I am fantastic, but it is, honest to goodness, it is getting better. Wonderful. Yes. And uh, we welcome all of those rock tumblers and truth seekers out there today. It is good to be here in the studio again with another episode of the Undiluted Truth. Uh, I am... Always excited to be in the studio. Yeah. There are days, and then there's nights. Uh, just thought this I would say true. that. This is true. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. How prophetic. How, yeah. That's pretty undiluted. Yeah. yeah. That is really rip-roaring, <laughs> undiluted. Yeah. There are days, and there are nights, mostly days, that I think if I could just be in the studio more... If mm-hmm. I could be in the studio, like, I, I could literally come in here five days a week. Yeah. If we, you know, if I could, as they say, make a living, you know. Right. Earn, right. earn a living, whatever. Uh, there, it really is, I am just getting back into doing a little bit more research into news events, if you will. And, you know, the same line, for the most part primarily health-related. And I, I really think we have tapped into some excellent series uh, over the last uh, a few weeks. This one is not necessarily health-related and that sort of thing, but it is very disturbing when it comes to our children yeah. and what is going on, uh, I guess indirectly, you know, because there are some drugs, uh, you know, that are involved in uh, this particular topic. But... Uh, right. Uh, I I am seeing so many things now. It's almost coming to a big crescendo. You know, I I've always been told when you're out on a construction site, be careful, put your head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like my head's on a swivel, uh, doing about ninety miles an hour uh, these days. So yeah. But uh, anyway, it is great to be. Uh, back with uh, Dr. Miriam Grissom. This woman is awesome in what she's done and, and the research she's done. And God bless her for her service for so many years, 25 years and, and going. Mm-hmm. So she has a lot of background, a lot of uh, experiences that this all did not happen in her world over the last couple of years where you know it seems to just be the last few years for us. But she brings a certain a certain expertise, I think, that most people can't. And she's very objective, and she's very passionate about children and, and 
she is willing to stand up where most people aren't. So that's why when people like her <laughs> come around, I feel like we have to pay attention to her. So before, As we should, yes. Yeah, yeah. So before we uh, tap into the video, and we will be, uh, once again, uh, picking this particular interview up off of Epic Times or Epic TV with uh, Jan Jekalik on okay. American Thought Leaders, which is an excellent uh, uh, show on Epic TV. Okay, so, right. And if you're curious about just that information, go on to Epic times.com and you can get all of it from there they just a excellent web page and lots of information there and we pull quite a bit from from epic times so so before we begin i just wanted to let everybody know that uh, you can find us here on the undiluted truth uh, with the, the following red circle spotify apple podcast stitcher iheart radio google podcast Podvine Audible, Podbean, and more. Mm. Those are the, I don't know, top eight, if you will. Right, so, yes. Uh, once again, it is good to have each and every one of you here, and it's our honor to be doing this for you. So if you already been, we're going to pick it up in the heated part of this. Uh, I don't know why I said heated, but uh, in the middle of this interview. Yes. Yes. Well, and it's summer, right? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or summer, even though her it name could is be heated. Miriam it's a, Summer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Are we ready to go over there? We are ready. Okay. Sounds good. And here we go. These kids need is psychotherapy. They need to look deeply at their lives with somebody with experience and compassion and understanding who will help them explore why, where did this new identity come from? What, when, what is it a solution to? What is going on in you internally and in your life that living life as the opposite sex, in your opinion, will make life better or easier? Now, we're told by, by the crusaders, by the ideologues, and I, you know, I use that word crusaders, I don't use it flippantly. I, I've given a lot of thought to this, and I really do feel, as many others do, that this is a crusade, that this is a movement that seeks to impose a way of thinking on us, and especially on mm. our children. That's right. But when we are getting to the point where we're saying that we have to uh, uh, move in here with uh, experimental medications, which puberty blockers are, and cross-sex hormones, giving girls, you know, testosterone at levels that they would never ever experience unless they had some sort of a endocrine tumor, uh, and giving boys levels of estrogen that are harmful. Well, there's there's a whole laundry list of of medical issues, to say nothing of the fact that some of these kids then go on and have healthy organs that are removed. They end up disfigured, and they end up, many of them, sterilized. So let's just hold on a minute. You know, this is all couched in the language of compassion, and it's all packaged within the sort of, you know, the civil rights, we have to be kind, we have to be inclusive. 
And of course we have to be kind and we have to be inclusive of many different types of people that exist on this earth. No one is saying that we shouldn't be. What people like myself are arguing, what I argue in the book, is that we should honor every person's mosaic of male and female without harming the body. We should not be touching these kids' uh, uh, bodies with these medical interventions that are experimental, and we have no evidence that on the other side of all these interventions, the kids actually do better. They possibly do worse. That, that was a power, that's a powerful statement. I, I don't want that to slide past. I love the way she framed that. Mm -hmm. She called it, you know, the children's mosaic. You know, we should, you know, basically honor that, appreciate that without damaging the body structure. Right. Meaning, and this, is, this has been hard for me to believe for a long time, you know, not, not saying that it's not true. I shouldn't say that. It's hard for me to maybe uh, proper words would be wrap my brain around. But every single person is different from one another. We Absolutely. all are uniquely like a Stradivarius, if you will, a Steinway piano. We're very, very different, and, and we're very unique in, in, in our differences. But the overall body structure that we were created with was perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's saying. We should appreciate our differences right. and everything. Uh, uh, and 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 honor them, and and I guess appreciate them, but not try to change this perfect, unique structure in the way that we were made. And I think that's an attack on our Creator, really. I mean, it just it 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 goes right between the eyes of of hey, we think that all of it was a mistake, and we can we could do better. I also want to emphasize that she touched on something else that is a very cunning uh, message that is out there and, and cunning in a way of being accepting of what is not of God, mm -hmm. being... And this this goes. We've seen this over the last four years, at at a high you know at a high impact, and right. spread across the board with with a lot of different things. But it's it's for most of us, it's been very clear. But the fact that you know we heard this, she says we you know what some of the the arguments are is you should not be critical of these people they're just they're just trying to be individuals they're just you need to be nice you need to be accepting you know yes just you know just what just put a mask on you right. know just be accepting you know you know you these people are, are afraid of being sick so you know the mask or stand you know six feet apart or just go locked down just be nice about it don't say anything mean about it this technique, has been almost perfected, and that's exactly what she's talking about. And it appeals primarily to Christians. And there are Christians that feel this. 
Oh, we right. can't. We've got to be passive about all of this. So we can't stand. You know, we can't stand up uh, because standing up would would is going to be sort of rude and mean. Right. Yeah. So uh, she is making some very very critical points that I think we we need to sort of take it say take advantage of, but. Uh, Take a, a, an appreciation of and hold on to it because you know sometimes the the devil mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna play the same game yeah he's gonna come at you the same way if it's working and you know unfortunately it is working in a lot of people in the world and a lot of people in America. And hey, why change? Let's keep let's keep running this one. Yeah, they they they're, they're buying it. Let's keep let's keep putting it out there for sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, just really and, really excellent. Yes, and I I was just going to correlate uh, off of what you just said that I mean if you correlate to the Bible, um, you know, in certain things, and I'm not saying that this is you know, a sin or not, but the Bible states that, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, that's kind of like you were kind of sort of bringing out is there's a fine line there where, you know, of telling somebody that, hey, this is wrong and still them not feeling like you're rejecting them personally. Right. And I think that society wise has been where it is because everybody's feeling hurt because of people saying that this is wrong, the action is wrong. You know, maybe you are not the one being personally targeted, but the action thereof. Mm-hmm. So, but it's the it's the whole separating that out and not feeling, not taking it personally. And that's a hard thing for both the person telling somebody and the person receiving to be able to separate those two things out in such a manner that you both have that understanding yeah. that it's it's not you that we you know technically that we're we're saying you're bad you know if you see what I'm saying well yeah yeah and it's and it's such a convoluted idea that we need to give these children more say and more freedom to pick and choose right. their their gender, if you will. And, you know, to me, once you start doing that, where does it end? Right, exactly. Okay, that's only one decision, and it is a big one. Right. But where, where does that end of letting an 8-year-old make a big decision? Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness, why not let them make the decision whether they could drive a vehicle or not? Hey, if that, you if they could physically get in there and drive, you know, right? Or hey, why not? They shouldn't they be able to buy cigarettes? Mm-hmm. You know, they're making big decisions like, well, we just gave them driving, right? <laughs> you know, they're making big decisions. Like, hey, if I can pick my gender, certainly I can do some of these other things. So, really, once you start down this road, where is it going to end? Right. You know? Exactly. So, anyway, uh, let's get back to the doctor. 
you know, one of the things that, that kind of just struck me after having been looking at this issue for a few years now um, is that it's this incidence of these psychiatric comorbidities that you describe that's pretty much, you know, almost all of the kids that I've ever considered and all the studies that I've looked at, that's there. So with this approach of affirming at any cost as the one way of doing things, and then all these very incredibly invasive treatments that are kind of added on after that, right, including the social transitioning, they're still left with those original psychiatric comorbidities. And that just makes it ex somehow extra horrific to me to, mm, to even Good consider point. that. It, it is extra horrific because when you listen to the detransitioners, the individuals who have been through so-called affirming care, and they're now late teens or 20s, and they've had these treatments, they had their voice lowered and their breasts removed in some cases, and their genitals sometimes also removed. When they look back on their lives and how they got sucked into the ideology, they realized that they were looking, just, they just wanted to feel better. They mm. wanted treatment. They wanted to just feel good and not feel anxious and not feel depressed. And they wanted to like themselves. And you know what? They want to fit in. They want to find a group that they fit in with. They were drawn into this, uh, the line that they're told over and over again that if you're not 100% comfortable with yourself, if you don't fit in, you haven't found your group of friends, you're, you, you're uncomfortable with the changes of puberty, uh, you know, you, you may not be a girl. You may actually be a boy. And that may be the solution to how you're feeling right now. And it's worth just trying it out. This is how kids start off on this pathway. You know, you get love bombed at a lot of school, not every school, but at a lot of schools when you come out as being transgender or non-binary or one of these other categories, you, it's, it's sort of instant status, instant points. And uh, that's also can mm. be a big motivation. You know, we have to try and remember when we were all 13, 14 years old, you know, in, in middle school or high school and how tough that is and how difficult the social situation is. And you'll do practically anything to just, um, you know, assemble, have a group of friends to sit with in the cafeteria. You know, you want to belong. And when you become transgender or, or you know, if you're, if you're a member of the LGBTQ, et cetera, group, you are, you see automatically, this is a whole other discussion, but you are no longer an oppressor. Otherwise, mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. are a white, heterosexual, middle class or upper middle class student, you're going to fall into that category of being an oppressor. And believe you me, you don't want to be an oppressor, right? Well, I'm going to pause it right there because uh, mm. we probably, there. Uh, Conrad Vine doesn't, Awesome presentation on what she's talking about, uh, uh, oppressor, uh, you know, labeling people as oppressors and non-oppressors and all of that. Right. It, it is it is intense and it's and it's in a lot of detail, but it's awesome. But 
I will say this. She says, you're going to be put in a category. Well, who puts you there? Right. I mean, who really of any authority or, or any wisdom puts you in that category? It's, it's these so-called woke. The pre-taught uh, agenda yeah, of whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, exactly. you know, it's, it's interesting because what she's talking about, I couldn't help think about, you know, you're, you're looking for friends. You're looking for a group to, to be a part of and so forth. So, mm-hmm. And I, I just couldn't help but think about addiction. You know, I know this is a little bit yeah. different, but it's but it's there there are, there are some similarities because that's right. When when you you know when you're at the bar each and every day, you know, let's just face it, you're around your buds, your that's your right. group, you're you're accepted, you you know, yep. and you know you could look at even you know I just the one that comes out to me is the the old TV show Cheers, you know, yeah, it, you know, the right. guy walks in, Norm, you know, it's it's. It's you know, and even if you're into other drugs, there's a you're only you're associating you you've come into this circle, so now you're right. accepted. Whether it be alternative, whether it be hey we're undercover, uh, we're doing illegal drugs. I mean, it could be anything. So yes, and and yes. and that and that way you're seeking out acceptance in society somewhere. And they're choosing it in a very permanent, you know, you're, right. you're really doing yeah. some serious damage. Uh, these other things, you, yeah, continuing on, you might, uh, you know, OD or, you know, drunk driving accident. But in most cases, people can overcome these, these addictions. And really, she, what she's talking about is some serious psychological problems that are occurring and coming out of the other side of, of these detransitioners. But I, mm-hmm. I just found it very interesting how the, the, I, I saw some similarities with that aspect of this. So on that note, have you ever heard of the term, or is there a term, social addiction? It's because pro- I'm not going to. Somebody's probably got yeah, it out well, there, you know. Because I understand exactly what you're saying. So you mm-hmm. can be addicted to um, basically acceptance. Yes. So... You, you, when you feel accepted, that's what you're addicted to. So you seek it no matter what the consequence, you know, type of thing. True, you're seeking true. that acceptance. Right. So especially if you didn't get it at home, right? Broken homes, mm-hmm. broken. If you're not getting it there, you're seeking it from, and what's the most prevalent thing right now? Well. What kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. That's the most prevalent, quote, acceptance sure. thing. So yeah. Well, I couldn't I, help. Also, she, you know, she she said when you when you come out or when you transition, you're, right. you're sort of you're, love you're, bombed. Yeah, you're, your status right. goes up. You you get a pat on the that's, back. That's right. Good and job, Ben. I it just I had a vision of there's Satan himself just pat, patting you patting on the, you on the back. You you've done you, yeah. You've done very well. You know, yeah. And you think about these other little clubs that you know. Okay, yeah. you don't like this one. Well, how about uh, uh, BLM? You know, how about the, the, join them? There, there's a nice club for you. Or right. you know, or how, how about Antifa? Yeah, there's another club. You right. know, because you know, after all, they have a lot of fun. You know, they burn down cities and and stuff like that. And you know, they're all they're all you know all for one and one for all. Right. Yeah. You know? So you've got all these clubs. Mm-hmm. But think about the ultimate club, really. The mm-hmm. ultimate club of acceptance and and into bringing people together, and it's the church. That's right. And these other things are just 
vanity, as as Solomon would say. They're all empty. They're not going to fill your heart. And doesn't it just... It just reek of the enemy. Big distractions. Yeah, it, yes. all, you know, because it's not just one big one. You know, I mean, uh, well, it's it's and it and it's deception. It's extreme you, you deception. Know, we have science that we know, male and female. Yes, that's been for how many well, ages? As, as, as you, long you know what I mean. This... And then and then you're going to say, oh well, you can choose now. Yeah. And and by the way. Now science doesn't agree with you. We got like 150 different things you can identify. Really? Right. I mean, yeah. so you have deception, and who's the author of deception? We know. It's Satan himself. There you go. So yeah. totally agree with you there. Yeah. And yep. the, the young kids are getting this in schools, and uh, it, it in a lot of cases, it's making the parents' job extremely difficult, but... Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, parents out there, you have got to sort of pull up your bootstraps and and be involved in your children's lives. I mean, from the ages of six and up mm-hmm. anymore and stay involved uh, and, and be positive about it. Keep that dialogue open. Well, even in preschool yeah. these days. I well, mean, yeah, you yeah. You can go even lower than that. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, it's... But, you know, when you can communicate and when they start, uh, you know, yeah. we talked a little bit about the phone thing uh, mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're getting it at every turn. So uh, there, there's got to be a major stop sign up and uh, dialogue with your children. So, okay, moving on here. You ready? Ready. All right. Yeah. So you can't change your socioeconomic status, but you can say, you know, I'm no longer, I'm, I'm, I'm non-binary, I'm neither, I'm sort of neither, I'm in this gray area. And that makes you a, an oppressed minority. But just getting back to what you asked me about, this belief system is lumping together every single case of the symptom of gender dysphoria, lumping them together and saying, uh, okay, there's one path for all of you, and this is a big mistake. What is the current mm. state of affairs? Um, you know, we, we've seen, you said there's this explosion, and indeed, you know, the argument by the believers, as, as you described them, or the crusaders, is simply that this was just hidden. People didn't feel comfortable to talk about it. So that's why it's all now coming out, right? That, that, that's the argument. I want to get you to respond to that. Um, there, is an, there has been an explosion. I mean, I don't know what, but it's, it almost feels 5, kind of... 5,000% Yeah, I was going to say exponential, 5,000%, yeah. wow. exactly. Um, and there's a whole industry that has developed around it. I mean, multi-billion dollar industry, uh, by my calculations. Mm. But on the other hand, there's also been, at least in the last year or two, you know, a significant mobilization in the other direction, doing the sort of things you're doing. So I guess I, I want to kind of understand how you see the, the, I guess, the field of play here. At this time, at least in, in this country and in Canada, uh, we are still very gung-ho with the narrative of you have gender dysphoria, that means it should be affirmed, not questioned, 
not investigated deeply and uh, the child should be put in the driver's seat. The state of affairs in this country is to tell parents that puberty blockers are safe and that they are reversible. Uh, actually, I don't know if they're still saying that. Maybe they stopped saying they're completely reversible, but they're certainly saying that they are safe and that there is a medical consensus that this is the best way of treating these kids, to uh, socially affirm them, to give them blockers that will prevent their natural puberty, and then shortly thereafter to begin puberty, a synthetic puberty of the opposite sex. Wow. Hmm. So there you sort of have the... I don't know the, the the theory, the the mindset of America, and mm -hmm. what is going on, and this is real. It's really happening. So you know, hey, gender dysphoria, you need to accept it. Put the kids in the driver's seat, give That's them right. puberty blockers, and and she wasn't sure, but I'm so so basically what she's saying is some doctors are saying they're reversible, some aren't going that far. Uh, hmm. So. I'm sure there's probably percentages. Uh, that's usually what they do. They'll throw a percentage in there and they'll go, uh, you know, the vaccine is safe and effective to the beginning. And then they might go, well, it's about 90% effective. And then it's 80% effective. And, you know, so they would probably be going down that lane with the puberty blockers. That, you know, well, they're 80% reversible, uh, you know, and then that might drop to 60%, and, you know, uh, who knows. Right. But we know they cause serious, serious issues. Mm -hmm. So uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, it, this almost sounds like a very, I don't know, a, a, a very structured, uh, uh, well-spoken, very educated uh, uh, version of an interview that you might see on the old Twilight Zone, because I, the topic here is, I, you know, there's times that I've got to go, I, am, am I really, am I really talking about this like it's real? Is this really happening in the country that I live in? We'd like to think not. I mean, what has happened is the clock has continued to tick and technology has expanded, and people have just got more disturbed, more mentally disturbed, I would say. I mm -hmm. mean, it's, it, it's there. It's, 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 it's without a disguise anymore. It's so clear to see, and yet so hard to believe. Right. Um, but Ladies and gentlemen, it's it's there, it's happening, it's real, and the innocent are being effective. And I've got two two healthy young girls, and as healthy as they could possibly be in the, the world that we're living in, but I love both of them dearly, and I would not want anything to happen to them, and it starts in the mind. And... These young people need help, and some of them don't have a voice. So, hey, uh, that's why we—that's why we're doing this, and that's why we're here. This is for those young people and the parents that are struggling. So, yes. Anyway, uh, we will continue uh, this uh, our our next 
next episode. We want to get this in its fullness. So I, I hope you're enjoying this. And, you know, we hate to kind of shut it off here, but uh, unfortunately we have to at this point in time. So, Ben, let's have a word of prayer as we close. All right. All right. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to take a minute and just lift up these children that are going through this gender dysphoria. We know that there's an enemy that is infiltrating the minds and the hearts of these young people, and we want to pray for them right now. We want to ask that your Holy Spirit intervene into their minds and their hearts. We want to pray for their parents, give them the mental fortitude, give them the physical strength, give them the wisdom to understand this clearly, give them the hungering and thirsting after righteousness and and the willingness to to know what what is the undiluted truth and pray for all of those that are standing up like Dr. Grissom and Jan Yekelik these organizations and people that are bringing these things to our attention with with there's the the motive is pure it's it's innocent children being affected and there's also those that are having to go through the fact that they have made a mistake, and now they have to live their lives maybe scarred or marred as, as something that's very different. But we know that you know every hair on our heads, and you breathe the breath of life into us from the very beginning of, of our lives. So we know that you know who these children are, and Father, we are counting on your help as we appeal to you, the Almighty, the All-Knowing, the One who has all power. And we thank you, Father, for hearing us and hearing this prayer today. And as we part ways, we ask that every intent of our thought be pure, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.